What's up, Crime Turner Nation, and welcome to another mini-sode of As the Crime Turns. I'm your host, Desmond Gravel, and as always, I'm thankful that you're listening today. If it's your first time listening, and you enjoy the mini-sode today, I do ask that you subscribe. If you have Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating, and if you can, leave a review. Always look forward to your feedback. I won't waste any more time. Without any further ado, here is the latest mini-sode. couples. Bonnie and Clyde, Sonny and Cher, Cleopatra and Mark Antony. The list goes on. The Oxford Dictionary definition of couple is two individuals of the same sort considered together. It also says two people who are married, engaged, or otherwise closely associated, romantically or sexually. The first, however, is more fitting for our dynamic duo this week. A mother-daughter relationship is something we see often. It's common and normal. This mother-daughter duo won the hearts of millions with their gleeful personalities and incredible story of survival based on all lies. While everyone around thought everything was okay, these two ladies live in a world of lies, deceit, abuse, and unfortunately, illness. This is the story of Dee Dee and Gypsy Blanchard. We found ourselves in Chack Bay, Louisiana, and no, I had never heard of it, so I had to look it up. Considered to be Ward 6 under the Forsh Parish community, Chack Bay, Louisiana currently has a population of about 6,000 people. It has a 28-mile radius and is considered to be a part of the Thibodeau community. I don't know of many spectacular events about this area. I don't have a list of interesting facts. But I know in the late spring of 1967, a national star will be born. The daughter of Claude Anthony and Emma Lois Petrie, Dee Dee Blanchard, born Claude and Anne Petrie, grew up in the Golden Meadows area, not far from Chack Bay. Dee Dee grew up with five siblings. As a child, she was always regarded as mischievous and quite manipulative. According to her father, Dee Dee was okay as a kid. He gave a very mediocre description. In her teen years, she began stealing and involving herself in petty theft. When things wouldn't go her way, she would act out. Her nephew, Bobby Petrie, went on record with Crime Feed and explained his Aunt Dee was very manipulative and practiced witchcraft. According to Bobby, she would force all of her nieces and nephews to participate by scaring the innocents inside of them. As a young adult, Dee worked in healthcare as a nurse's aide. I imagine she collected some terminology she would never part with during these years. 
When Claudine was 24 years old, she met a man seven years her junior, Rob Blanchard. When Claudine became pregnant, the two wed, and in July 1991, they woke on a baby girl named after a famous Guns N' Roses song, Gypsy Rose. By the time Gypsy was born, Rod had already left. He explained the two wed for the wrong reasons, and he would never get back with her. According to Ranker.com, Rod explained, quote, I woke up on my birthday, my 18th birthday, and realized I wasn't where I was supposed to be. I wasn't in love with her, really. I knew I got married for the wrong reasons. Quote, Dee Dee took baby Gypsy and they moved in with her parents. Now we know that mothers care for their children, right? It's only nature. But is there such a thing as overcaring? Can a mother care too much? Perhaps to the point of being overbearing. And if that is the case, and overcaring is a thing, at what point is enough enough? According to Rod, Gypsy's father, within six months of Gypsy being born, Dee Dee began to care a bit too much. At four months, baby Gypsy was taken to a doctor for possible sleep apnea. Doctors ran tests, finding no results of any sleep disorder. Despite the professional medical opinions, Dee Dee insisted Gypsy had breathing problems, and at four months, Dee Dee's madness began. Through Gypsy's childhood, several other illnesses came to the surface. Miss Dee Dee used her medical vocabulary and prior skill set as a nurse's aide to craft symptoms most associated with autoimmune or chromosomal disorders. At eight years old, Dee Dee diagnosed Gypsy with muscular dystrophy, a collective group of diseases that cause progressive weakness and loss of muscle mass. Notice I said, Dee Dee diagnosed Gypsy. With the help of Rod, Dee Dee got Gypsy a wheelchair, and from that day forward, she no longer had the privilege of walking. Her mother insisted she used the chair. Then came leukemia. This would leave Gypsy bald. Her hair would never grow back as Dee Dee continued to cut it and eating through a feeding tube. The purpose of the feeding tube was so that Dee Dee would feed Gypsy quote-unquote food at any time. It would be later discovered this food was nothing more than prescription drugs mixed in a cocktail which constantly kept Gypsy sedated. At this point, Dee Dee was living a complete lie, and she had Gypsy entwined in it all. She was manipulating her ex-boyfriend and Gypsy's father, their families, friends, and local community, not to mention the medical professionals. By age 10, now 1991, Gypsy had sleep apnea, slept with a breathing tube, she was bald, fed with a feeding tube, and was forced to be in a wheelchair 24-7. She had undergone medical procedures for alleged weaknesses in her eye muscles and salivary gland removals. Again, I ask, is there a such thing as caring too much? According to WebMD, Munchausen syndrome by proxy, commonly known as Munchausen by proxy, is a psychological disorder marked by attention-seeking behavior from a caregiver through those that are in their direct care. While rare, in my opinion, this disease is just as bad as child abuse. WebMD states the culprit is the primary caregiver and almost always the mother. The person with MSP gains attention by seeking medical help for exaggerated or made-up symptoms of a child within his or her care. 
sounds a lot like Dee Dee. Now, one thing I want to mention is that even though Gypsy was aging, her mother's deception led her to believe she was much younger. It's almost as if she wanted her to keep her as a baby or adolescent who constantly needed the parent to survive. It was probably the complete opposite in real life. I also barely saw anything in my research about Gypsy and education. Interestingly enough, I also discovered Dee Dee diagnosed Gypsy with retardation. For years, things stayed the same the more that they changed. That was until 2005. Louisiana said today that she is considering the remarkable step of evacuating the remaining residents of New Orleans. A water main broke, leaving New Orleans without drinking water. And the flooding here is getting worse after waters from Lake Pontchartrain broke through a levee. And with much of New Orleans now underwater, authorities are focused on search and rescue before it's too late. If ever the cavalry was needed, it is now and it is in New Orleans. An Army National Guard helicopter today rescued people from rooftops, fragile islands in the floodwaters. It was the Coast Guard to the rescue for others, swinging axes to reach people trapped in attics. In one submerged neighborhood, they plucked people to safety one by one with a helicopter-borne basket. An air-sea rescue in the heart of urban America. And when you pull back for a wide shot, the scene is nothing short of apocalyptic. 80% of New Orleans, including much of downtown, is underwater. The Big Easy's famous Canal Street, living up to its name. And rising waters will now force officials to evacuate the shelter at the Superdome. Katrina's departure was just the beginning of the misery. I didn't think it was over, but I didn't think it would come to this. But it has come to this. People are now living in parking garages. Others picked up what they could and moved to higher ground on the interstate. Refugees in their own hometown. We're not able to get up and just go. We don't have transportation. I mean, we live in paycheck to paycheck. I mean, it ain't like we could just able to get up and just leave. It was all enough to bring Louisiana's governor to tears today. The magnitude of the situation is untenable. It's, it's actually, it's just heartbreaking. New Orleans is called the Big Bowl, a lake to the north, a river to the south, and canals on both sides. Most of the land in between is below sea level. When Katrina breached the levees that held the water back, the bowl was swamped. And in the poorer neighborhoods of that bowl, people who could least afford it have lost the most. Water is still head high, swamping everything in sight. Every rescue boat that goes out comes back heavy with human cargo. One crew had to break open the front of this house to get to a woman who had been trapped in her attic for two days. And they will be at it for days to come. Rescue workers first started plying these waters shortly after the winds of Hurricane Katrina died down on Monday afternoon. They worked all night through the night and into the morning. It's now about one o'clock in the afternoon and they say they've picked up about a thousand people so far. And there could still be hundreds more out here. Remarkably, some people refuse to be rescued better off they feel on their own front porch than looking for shelter elsewhere. You, you don't want anybody to pick you up? No, we want them to put the pumps on. Put the pumps on. Put the pumps on. But the pumps aren't coming on. There's no electricity. And even if there was, the levees haven't been repaired yet. Officials are overwhelmed by the scope of this disaster. They can't even pick up dead bodies. There is nowhere to put them. And people who now have nothing and no place to go swear they wrote out their last hurricane. We leaving next time. They could say they could say a windstorm, this a flood or whatever, anything. We gone.
Late today, the mayor of New Orleans said it could be two to four weeks before people are allowed back downtown. He says that it's going to take at least two weeks to deal with all of the water here and getting the electricity back on a month or more. He also said today there are significant casualties. Hurricane Katrina left Gypsy, Didi, and hundreds of thousands of others with nothing more than a wing and a prayer. The two found themselves living in a special needs shelter after Didi conjured up the lie to gain lodging. Their fallacy of being this caregiving mother-disabled daughter duo who lost everything to a natural disaster gained the attention of not only the shelter staff, but local and even national media. In 2007, Dee Dee would come across the first doctor to note her Munchausen by proxy. While most medical professionals had soft spots for the couple, according to Ranker.com, pediatric neurologist Bernardo Flasterstein noticed that though Dee Dee insisted Gypsy had muscular dystrophy, the girl's weaknesses weren't characteristic of the disease. He explained, quote, there was a strong possibility of Munchausen by proxy with maybe some underlying unknown etiology to explain for Gypsy's symptoms, quote, Remember, my mom had gave me this little glass house and she said this one day this will be real and now it finally is after years of spreading their story in 2008 the two moved to Springfield Missouri the local Habitat for Humanity offered to build the Blanchard girls a new home with the wheelchair ramp for Gypsy now according to Harper's Bazaar the two initially moved to Aurora Missouri in 2005 while the home was being built I'm not sure if the rent was free or not, but it was a rental property. Moving on, the Gibbs didn't just stop at the home. The two also received a free handicapped minivan, several trips to Disney World, and not just general admission either, full five-star treatment. You know that was expensive. They also saw several concerts together on behalf of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Talk about a scam. Here after the Blanchard ladies were settled into their new home, which was a soft baby pink, might I add. An anonymous tip came to the Springfield police. In 2009, someone alleged that Gypsy may have not been as ill as it was being presented and that someone should look into it. I imagine in Springfield, Missouri, they had nothing else to do, so they did just that, looked into it. According to Ranker, when confronted by local authorities, Dee Dee once again leaned on her story of Katrina. She also embellished by saying Gypsy's father, Rod, may be looking for them so she altered records to keep a clean trail. In real life, Rod wanted nothing to do with Dee Dee. Upon checking identification of both Gypsy and Dee Dee, it was noted by law enforcement Gypsy was in fact 18 when her mother proclaimed she was only 14. The following year, now 2010, Gypsy stumbles across her Medicaid card, which confirms she is much older than her mother has allowed her to believe. I truly believe this was the beginning to an end. With this recent discovery, Gypsy started to think on her own a little bit more. Test the waters, some may say. She found solace in internet chat rooms. She would eventually meet a man in 2011 and use him to try and escape. Gypsy used a science fiction convention as a way to meet the unnamed gentleman in person, according to Harper's Bazaar, and they fled the convention and headed to his hotel room, leaving Dee Dee in the dust. Mother Dearest eventually found her daughter, she was sure to have brought paperwork showing Gypsy was a minor. In the HBO documentary, Mommy Dead and Dearest, it was stated upon returning home, Dee Dee smashed the laptop, threatened to smash Gypsy's hand so she couldn't type, and chained her to the bed for two weeks. Gypsy never stopped using the internet after that. She just became a little bit more inconspicuous. After the family computer was replaced, Gypsy would wait until her mother was asleep or left her alone for a few hours 
at a time to access her favorite pastimes. In 2012, she joined I Imagine What Was Christian Mingle, and it was there she met her soulmate, or so she thought, Nicholas Godijan. Nick from Wisconsin was also socially awkward, among other things. Harper's Bazaar recounts that in 2013, Nick was arrested for public masturbation at a local McDonald's. The two would date online solely for about two, almost three years before deciding to finally meet in person in 2015. When the planned meeting at a local Springfield movie theater goes south, Gypsy finally makes the notion that her mother has to go. She needed to die. According to ABC News, Dee Dee punished Gypsy after the movie theater accident. Quote, she got jealous because I was spending a little too much attention on him and she had ordered me to stay away from him, quote, Gypsy told 2020. And needless to say, there was a very long argument that lasted a couple of weeks. Yelling, throwing things, calling me names, bitch, slut, and whore, quote. Nicholas had come from Wisconsin to Missouri to, allegedly, meet Gypsy when he approached the two Dee Dee wanted nothing to do with Nicholas or anything he was about. Things from that point forward moved quickly. Very quickly, actually. About 60 days later, on June 9, 2015, Nicholas traveled back to Missouri, camped out at a local motel, and awaited a signal from his baby girl, Gypsy. Late that evening, when Dee Dee had finally fallen asleep, Gypsy texts Nick. He entered the Blanchard home, took a pair of gloves and knife handed to him, and brutally stabbed Dee Dee to death. Gypsy waited in the bathroom, ears covered. And just like that, it was done. With mommy now dead, Gypsy and her man headed to a motel for a night of blissful lust before heading to Big Bend, Wisconsin. Things were actually playing out perfectly for about a week. Around June 14th, however, weird posts began appearing on Dee Dee's Facebook wall. The first was, quote, that bitch is dead, quote leading her social media following to believe her page was actually being tampered with, or worse, hacked. Then came, quote, I fucking slashed that pig and raped her innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud, quote. It appears Gypsy's conscience began to weigh in. She urged Nick to post these statements in an attempt to have her mother's body discovered. According to Harper's Bazaar, quote, I couldn't stand the thought of her just there because what happens if it would have taken months to find her? So I wanted her found so she could have a proper burial, quote. Not even 24 hours later, Nicholas's home in Waukesha, Wisconsin was raided by local authorities. The dysfunctional Bunny and Clyde were arrested on charges of murder and felony, armed criminal action. They were extradited to Missouri where they would later be placed on million dollar bonds behind a couple arrested in West in Big Bend rather this week after authorities say they murdered a woman in Missouri the story is growing increasingly bizarre it turns out Gypsy Blanchard and her mother were in the news before and asked him to stab her mother to death so that they could be together as the charges against her are detailed you can hear her sobs stole money from her deceased mother safe and fled the state of Missouri and when she does speak in Waukesha County Court she sounds like a child 2103 West Way. but Gypsy Blanchard is an adult although authorities aren't sure exactly how old she is it's likely somewhere between 19 and 23 and I want to start off with saying things are not always as they appear 
Authorities say the two were lying. You can see Gypsy for yourself walking into court. Now, along with the investigation into Didi's murder, authorities are also looking into what appears to be a financial scheme. This is a tragic, tragic event surrounded by mystery and public deception. Alleging Gypsy and her mother lied about Gypsy's health to get money and attention. According to court documents, both Gypsy and her boyfriend say he stabbed Dee Dee after Gypsy asked him to. Investigators say he then mailed the knife to his Wisconsin home so he would not get caught. I don't think Gypsy fully calculated what would come of her life when she pushed Nick to post that confession on social media. Not only were they discovered and arrested, but it would soon come to light to the many people who had given their time, love, attention, money, gifts, and so much more to Gypsy and Dee Dee that they had been living a lie the entire time. Gypsy's life was over, and somewhat subtly, it was just beginning. July 2016, Gypsy pled guilty to the second-degree murder of her mother and was sentenced to 10 years. One would think for something so heinous, she would get life in prison. However, the prosecutor, Dan Patterson, considered the abuse Dee Dee had put Gypsy through. Two years later, now November 2018, Nicholas Godejan was on trial. Gypsy testified to the murder, their BDSM relationship, and that Nick wanted to rape Dee Dee before killing her. But Gypsy offered herself in the place of her mother. On February 22nd, 2019, Nick was sentenced to life in prison. It just proves that happy endings are not just in fairy tales, they're real and true in real life also. If you want more of Dee Dee and Gypsy, be sure to check out the HBO documentary, Mommy Dead and Dearest, or the Hulu original series starring Patricia Arquette and Joey King, The Act. In 2019, Octavia Spencer debuted her Blanchard-inspired film, Ma, and that is available everywhere to stream as well. Harper's Bazaar also provided a vivid timeline of this story as I found myself sourcing them several times. I imagine in 2016, Gypsy will be released. She can actually begin a life at a real age. Dee Dee practically tortured her daughter all of her life in an attempt to care. Cut her hair, pulled her teeth, fed her drugs constantly through a feeding tube, and the list goes on. So I'll leave it with one final question. Is there a such thing as caring too much? That's it for today's mini-so people. Thank you so much for listening and staying tuned in to Acer Crime Turns. I appreciate your support. Be sure to follow us on IG and Twitter at As The Crime Turns. And as always, you can find additional deets about the current season on the As The Crime Turns podcast website. That's www.asthecrimeturnspodcast.com. Until next time, I'm Desmond Dravel, and this is As The Crime Turns.